This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This podcast is sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 5000 is the latest digital autopilot, providing increased safety plus decreased pilot workload. It's being certified for Part 23 and Part 25 retrofit aircraft, such as high-performance turboprop and turbine jet aircraft. To learn more about the STEC 5000, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, a Bonanza pilot suffers a catastrophic engine failure, but lands safely using a synthetic vision system. Don't take your eyes off that iPad and ride along in Mayday Over Illinois by Matt Anker. I was flying from Ohio to Iowa on the day after Christmas with my wife, Stephanie, and dog, Piper. Our airplane is an immaculately maintained 1970 Bonanza A36. It has full ADS-B data link, storm scope, WASP GPS, a certified standby EFIS, and an engine analyzer. We could not make it through the weather direct to Cedar Rapids and landed at Gary Chicago International Airport in Gary, Indiana to take on fuel. I conducted an abbreviated pre-flight to confirm that the tanks were topped. The contents appeared to be 100 low lead and free of water contamination. We departed Gary on a heading of 280. Pressures and temperatures were all normal, as indicated, on an EI MVP50P engine analyzer. Shortly after rotation, but before entering the overcast layer, I could hear a faint clacking sound. The engine was still developing full power and all indications were normal. I assumed it was an anti-chafe strip that had come unglued and was smacking against the fuselage. This clacking continued through the climb and turned to heading. All engine indications remained normal throughout the initial climb, and I had reduced power to 25 inches, 2,500 RPM. We climbed through a 1,000-foot layer with bases of around 600 to 700 feet AGL. As the climb continued, I leaned the engine as normal. Just before reaching cruise altitude of 6,000 feet, there was a momentary decrease in RPM, and then about a second later, a complete loss of engine power. I tried sweeping through the throttle control, going full rich, sweeping the mixture control closer to cutoff and then back to where it was. None of this had any effect on power. Sometime while doing this, I pitched for 110 knots, best glide for a Bonanza. Shortly thereafter, I noticed that the fuel pressure indicated on the engine analyzer 
was at zero. Assuming the issue to be an engine-driven fuel pump failure, I turned on the electric fuel pump. Indicated fuel pressure jumped on the MVP display, but the engine didn't start developing any power. I smelled a very strong fuel odor and shut down the electric pump and put the tank and mixture to cut off. I was thinking I was darn sure not going to go down in flames. Nothing seemed like it was going to bring the engine back anyway. I had managed to call up Chicago Approach and declare a mayday. Yes, literally mayday three times, followed by announcing the engine failure, and I said I was turning to the nearest airport, which appeared to be Lansing Municipal Airport. Garmin's pilot map page on my yoke-mounted iPad showed Lansing about 90 degrees left of course. I proceeded at best glide, prop pulled to low RPM. Chicago Approach offered the runway information at Lansing. I said I was going to land on the first one I could see. Farther down into the descent, I queried ATC about the field elevation. When I arrived abeam the airport, I switched the iPad to the synthetic vision page and could see the runway layout and the thankfully flat terrain. And then we entered the clouds. I circled the perimeter of the airport as I saw it on the synthetic vision display in a left-hand standard rate turn at approximately 110 knots. I kept scanning between the synthetic vision display and out my left window, waiting to pop out of the layer. At what must have been the same 600 or 700 foot AGL I departed in, I saw a runway out of the window, and it must have been runway 1836. The 18 approach end would have been an impossible turn in the altitude remaining. I set the gear down but kept the flaps up. I looked farther out and saw a clearing and runway 27 out in front, but little altitude remaining to reach it. Just prior to the clearing at midfield was a deep drainage ditch out in front and perpendicular to my path. I remember telling my wife to brace for impact. Somehow, by the grace of God, the airplane got in ground effect and managed to stay off long enough to clear that ditch. We ended up in soft but flat ground. I still had the airplane pointed at the runway when we touched down and kept the nose up into the rollout as best I could. Apparently, when we reached the runway 27 centerline, I must have kicked the rudder to the left and lined the airplane up on the centerline for the rest of the rollout. I think at that point I looked over at the wife and said, evacuate the airplane. She opened the door and unbuckled while I grabbed the dog and carried her out. Four minutes and 30 seconds from engine failure to touchdown. The engine was a 2001 factory zero-timed Continental IO520BA with 1,250 hours since factory remanufacture. With the camshafts not turning, the fuel and oil pumps were inoperative. The magnetos were not indicating correct RPM, and the cam-driven prop governor was unable to decrease propeller RPM. The fuel smell was fuel from the electric pump flowing from the injectors down the induction tubes, and out the induction drain. The engine failure was truly catastrophic and unrecoverable. Engine teardown revealed that a cam gear failed catastrophically by cleanly shedding three teeth. My takeaways for this event. Reading crash reports can save your life. I recall a similar A36 engine failure in IMC 
where the pilot asked ATC for assistance, didn't get anywhere near an airport, struck a house, and died. That live ATC net recording was etched in my memory from months ago. There was discussion about whether to accept ATC vectors, try to fly an approach, or circle over an airport until you break out. If you turn straight for the airport and had the altitude, then that last one works. At least you'll end up over something flat and sparsely populated. Don't waste altitude. Avionics that display synthetic vision can be worth every penny. I have a Flightstream 210 driving an iPad Mini with Garmin Pilot. Having the map display always up enabled me to assess the situation and immediately turn to arrive a beam in airport. The mental effort to do this with a detailed moving map display is minimal. The synthetic vision system provided a compelling reference to fly by while keeping me terrain aware. I was not originally a proponent of SVS, operating under the belief that as an instrument pilot, following procedure would keep me out of situations where I would need it. I'm glad I have it. I was able to pull this off because the ceiling was more than 600 feet. The outcome could have been very different if I hadn't had the time to find the field. Legal isn't necessarily safe, and most engine failures not related to fuel mismanagement occur during departure. Finally, I'm thankful I practiced spiral descents and 180-degree precision power-off landings, and I yell at my students to just fly the damn airplane. There wasn't time for much else. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely.